Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. It takes being in the spirit to receive from God. I was in the spirit and I heard. I heard. The spirit is a realm. When you enter that place, you hear things, you see things that ordinary people don't see. So Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. God, naturally, you can't get some things. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. Revelation chapter 4 verse 10. He said, I was in the spirit and I heard. Revelation chapter 17 verse 3. And he carried me in the spirit and showed me. Revelation chapter 21 verse 10. And he, t- he carried me in the spirit and showed me. So it's, 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 it takes place in the spirit. First uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Paul says that my God whom I serve faithfully with my spirit. So this thing is spirit. Jesus says that the time is coming and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father, John 4, 24, in spirit and in truth. It must be, your spirit must be involved. Engage your spirit. So when you get born again, what you get is a spirit, the, 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 the life of God in your spirit. So, oh man, when you get born again, the spirit of God, Christ comes as the spirit of God into your heart. The spirit of God comes in you and watch this. He comes, sorry, not in your heart. He comes into your spirit. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. He says, sorry, chapter 8 verse 16. He says, for the spirit himself bears witness. The agreement, the work happens in the spirit. The Holy Spirit, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. So when the Spirit of God is going to communicate something to me, he, he requires of a necessity, of a paramount necessity, my spirit. Because the Spirit bears witness with human spirits, not our minds. He can still work on our minds by us to start on our, in our spirits. So he says, the Spirit himself, he bears witness with your human spirit. When you become born again, what happens to you is your human spirit comes alive. If your human spirit is not alive unto God, you are classified as dead. As dead. So when you become born again, suddenly the life of God is called the Zoe of God. The Bible says that he sent forth his, because we are sons, he has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, which Christ our Father. So the spirit of the Lord bears witness in our, in our spirits. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 talks about if you are carnally minded, you will miss God. Romans 8.13 says that, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, it takes the Spirit for you to be able to deal with your, your flesh, your body. What we have as Christians is our spirits are alive unto God. Use it. Use your spirit. You've made, most of your decisions are all made from the flesh. Most of your decisions are made based on our carnal instincts. 
make decisions based on where you live, who you marry, even the name of your children. Your, the name of your children based on carnal instincts. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits. So you must learn how to get into the Spirit. Engage your spirit. For they that worship Him must do it in spirit and in truth. He says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In what way? Having been made a curse, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Being made a curse for us, for it is written that curse is he who hangs on the tree. That one is in brackets. So how, in what way was he made a curse for us? He, no, it wasn't that God cursed him, but there's a written quote that anyone who hangs on a tree is a curse. That's why Judas went to hang himself on a tree. Anyone who hangs himself is a, is a curse. So Jesus Christ, by being hanged on the tree, he was, it was a curse and he was made curse for us. So Christ himself, he has redeemed us from the curse. The law you broke, there's a curse for it. Now, but Christ came to redeem you from that curse. How did he do it? By being himself, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is anyone, who hang, the man who hangs on the tree. Why? Why did he become a curse for us? So that the blessing of Abraham will come upon us, the Gentiles also. There's no way you can be considered an heir to the throne in the United Kingdom. There's no way. There's no way. Most of you, your skin color makes it very impossible. Even some of us whose skin color may make us look possible, forget it. It, it can't happen and it won't happen. It can happen for you to be added into the, adopted into the royal family. So there's no way the, the wealth and the inheritance of Queen Elizabeth will also pass on to you. But that same thing with Abraham. You, who are you? So long as Abraham is going, who? Who are you? But I said that Christ has become a curse for us, being made a curse, so that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing belongs to Abraham. The blessing of, of, might come upon us, the Gentiles. That means Gentiles are people who are not from Abraham must come upon us the gentle. Uh, why is the blessing coming? So that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit. So this whole thing is ending up in the Holy Spirit. Not ending in financial prosperity. You should be talking more about the Holy Spirit uh, feeling, feeling you than how many contracts you have gotten in a week or in a year. How much money you have got. How much you are saving. God is blessing me. Excuse me. The thing happens so that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is blessing you, but you are, you are very Holy Ghostless. In your decisions, in your approach, in your friendships, in the places you go, you always are roaming in very dry places. Places that only vultures will go. That's where you go. You don't go places where doves will go. <laughs> you are saying that. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, you are boasting about your physical acquisition because you are in Christ. This is what God has done for you. Please, don't do that because it's, it's likely you might have gotten the Satan's version. <laughs> Satan has a version of prosperity. 
how do you differentiate between the prosperity of Satan and the prosperity? The prosperity of God is, is, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the one God is prospering is Holy Ghost conscious. But does Satan really give blessing? You call it blessing, but it's not a blessing. Because everything we call blessing, anything that is favorable to our whims and our desires, we call it a blessing. No, it's not necessarily a blessing. It's not a blessing, it's a blessing. I remember, you remember when that friend of mine, yours, your auntie of yours, was getting married. But for a long time, she couldn't find a man. And then she found this guy who was a pilot, and she was getting married. It was a big blessing in the family. It's only later on they find out that the guy is, is, is a dangerous guy. He had all kinds of sickness, and he's a wicked guy. He's, he's a kid. That became the biggest case. But we thought you, I thought you said it was a blessing. <laughs> you are calling the marriage a blessing, but that is what is going to mess your life. That's what is, that, that marriage you call the blessing is what ruin your life. I'm not saying marriage is not a blessing, but I'm saying that you are calling it a blessing because you think it's favorable for you. Don't be making noise about blessing. Be making noise about the spirit behind this thing you are doing. And then if it is full of the spirit and you are not even seeing physical, radical physical instant testimonies, don't worry. It will follow one day. So you should be rather busy getting, being filled with the Spirit, interacting with the Spirit, than busy believing God to receive something. When we are praying, we are blessing, you will kneel down, but when you go and you don't work with the Spirit. What, what, what kind of things have we created in the church nowadays? The modern day church has become something different. It's likely if we don't take care, Jesus will come and say, ah, what, what are them doing? What are they? Who are these people? <laughs> what are they doing? What's going on here? They're having worship. What kind of worship is that? <laughs> because when you read the book of Revelation, I'll just come, I will just change to my tone. When you read the book of Revelation, the, the letter to the church, the first church is which one? Which one? Ephesus. The church of Ephesus. They told them that um, you, you are okay. And one of the things they have done is they hate. If you really love God, you hate some things. Excuse me. You hate something. If you really, if you really take a stand for God, you hate some things. Anyway, he said, you hate the teachings of the, 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 so the deeds of the Nicolaitans. You hate it. The deeds of the Nicolaitans. And you have, those who call themselves prophets, you have tested them and found them liars. So it wasn't easy for unbelievers to come and be thriving amongst them. Unbelievers couldn't thrive easily among them. Then, sadness, the suffering keeps unbelievers out of the church. Sorry, it's minor. The suffering keeps unbelievers. Is there that prosperity thing? I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting. That's, it attracts, some of you are trying to attract your unbelievers' friends. And some of them come around, but they haven't changed. They don't change. They are not interested. It's just what... Geez. Let's preach the devil out of them. <laughs> so, now, when it comes to Pergamos, now the world has come into the church. But the world hasn't taken over. Then Titeria, the world has increased. They are celebrating the world in the church. Then Sardis, it becomes very bad. By the time it gets to Laodicea, now the, the believers are finishing the church the world has taken over, and Jesus himself is standing at the door outside, he's knocking. <laughs> Can I come in? Can I? 
<laughs> it starts gradually, 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 gradually. Unbelievable, a few of them came in. They are increasing, they are increasing, the, the ratio was changing. Got to a time, unbelievers were finished. It's, it's, sorry, believers were finished, unbelievers, and Jesus himself had been thrown out. He's saying, please, can I come in? Can I come? It's, what are they doing in the church? Okay, can I go in? He said, no, we don't know you. <laughs> we need the spirit. We need the spirit. The way you are becoming so lustful. And yet you are expecting God to answer your prayers. What you need is not that job. What you need is a change of heart. No good, according to Psalm 84 verse 11, no good thing with he withhold from them that walk upright. God would not withhold it from you if you can walk upright. When you walk upright, you don't pray about everything. A lot of things you don't. Your prayer topic is very different from someone who is not walking upright. When we look at the content of your regular prayers, it will tell us your, the uprightness of your heart. Because when you are walking with God in purity and with uprightness, a lot of things don't become a prayer topic. It doesn't become a prayer topic. It doesn't become uh, praying for money to be able to, to. You don't even pray about money. You don't pray about every time, every day, a new job, Lord. Every day, a new job, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you, better, you better consider working a little bit more upright. And you will see phone calls, jobs you have not applied for. Without even us prophesying it, it is coming to you. Tell somebody, I believe I need a change of heart. You know, I can't be moving from one thing to the other. I've been saying, I'm saying a lot of things. But I think somebody needs the help of God. I mean, we came to church, isn't it? Yeah. The subject of repentance has been a very important subject in the Bible. Especially in the New Testament. When John the Baptist was sent, the first thing he began saying is repent. Matthew chapter 3, right from verse 2. He said, repent. John the Baptist was crying out, repent, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because repentance is a key into the kingdom. You can't just walk into the kingdom without repentance. You have to enter the kingdom via the door of repentance. Is it surprising that you are not seeing the manifestation of the kingdom in your life? Maybe there's some repentance door you have to use. Repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's John the Baptist preaching. And then look at verse 8. He says that you have to bring forth works, fruits of repentance. It must show. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. When we, you say you have changed, we should see your works. Where are your fruits? Why is it that you are an apple tree and you are producing sour sap? Okay, you don't know sour sap. Yep. <laughs> and imagine you go to your orchard 
to go and get some um, mandarins or satsuma. Then when he went, it's onions on the tree. <laughs> Bear, bring forth fruits. Fruits. You don't even have to tell people you have changed. They will, they will know you have changed. Fruit of repentance. Fruit of repentance. That church sister you've been messing up with, she will, she will know you have changed because she can see the fruit of repentance. Because she knows what you like most. And she offered more of that. Nice food and dessert. I'm talking about buffet at home. Because he knows you like Chinese food. She's, but, and you, you said, oh, I, I'm trying to sort a few things out. Think. You have, people are talking to you. They realize that as soon as they start talking about somebody, you have switched off. And they are wondering, but this girl normally likes talking about other people. What does happen? You have repented. So the fruits are beginning to show. Some, there are some of us here, since you changed, nobody who has known you, who knew you from your family, your, your, your friends, none of them have come. Have come you know, you, you have to tell them I'm now in church and they are wondering, ah, is this really so? Because there's nothing, has, nothing has changed in your life. Nothing has changed. People should see that, hey, these guys, they, you know, but they are observing you. And one day they say, wow, my brother has really changed, you know. <laughs> but are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Poor man. Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Then Jesus shows up on the scene, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and he tells them his first public address, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus began to preach and to say, <laughs> this year is beginning at the beginning of his preaching. No, no, I want to draw your attention to the key of repentance because there's something about repentance which is likely we have marginalized. Because Jesus, when he said, I said, repent. Why? He began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he started, his introduction was repent. So we can have communication. He said, no, you can't wear this here. I want to teach you how to swim. But this, your Uggs, UGGS, is it your Uggs? The Uggs you are wearing, we, it, I won't be able to. So can you just remove the Uggs, Uggs and the jeans and the velvet jacket. <laughs> like Pastor Charles is on. It was a chance when I saw it. I mean, this is why it comes so cold. <laughs> can't you, can use, you are trying to use this to learn how to swim. No, they can't teach you. It will soak a lot. It will be, or Thomas uh, jumper. It will absorb a lot of water. <laughs> it's pullover. <laughs> but I said, well, I get what I'm saying. Yeah, so Jesus said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's, it's right, right at your doorsteps. You have to enter, but the door is re- repent. Some of you, when it comes to marriage, the kingdom of God is at hand. But you have been repented. So that's why you can't enter the marital door. And you have made us responsible for making you enter, praying for you, fasting for you, commanding, putting oil upon oil. Mataya, 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 mataya. It's repentance you need. Repentance you need. Repentance. And then Jesus spoke about repentance. And look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. I like that one. That is quite interesting. 
he didn't come to he didn't come to save those who are cool. Right. He said, go and learn. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's all say sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. Say it louder. To say it again. To what are sinners supposed to do? Repent. So it doesn't come and you see that, that kind of grace message. You come. That kind of grace message. You find God understands. He, he still understands the way you are struggling with your sins. One day things will change. Just he comes, he likes you just the way you are. Stay in the no, 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 no. You can't come in with the same clothes. You have to, you have to remove that dirty garment and wear the garments of repentance. Then you, we can start talking. Until that is done, God, the negotiation can go on. There will be no deal. No deal. No deal. <laughs> so it says repent and bring forth um, fruits of repentance. Repent the kingdom of God. And then Mark comes, chapter, Mark chapter 1 verse um, 4. He brings John the Baptist again. John the Baptist begins to talk about repentance. That's John the Baptist. Mark spoke about John the Baptist talking about repentance. Mark chapter 1 verse 4. And then and they were preaching baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. You see, there's something connect, there's a connection with repentance helping to deal with your sin. Some of us want the sin to be dealt with, but not repentance. And verse 15, Jesus comes on the scene to talk about repentance again. Verse 15. This, this, Jesus, uh, the, for, no, the, the, verse, let's start from verse 14. Verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So Jesus came. John is now in prison. Jesus has come to do the takeover now, doing the work. <laughs> he came to collect his members. Now the next one. <laughs> the next one is the saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is repentance? I'll tell you in a minute. Repent and believe in the gospel. In Mark chapter, so, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus said that what I said, read earlier on, about he didn't come to call sinners, it's a righteous people, but sinners, to, but sinners to repentance. Sinners are to repent. Sinner, brother, repent. Sinner, sister, repent. Sinning, brother, repent. Sinning, sister, repent. Stop saying that God understands. God said repent. You're also saying he understands. Repent. Repent. There cannot be revival without repentance. Revival is a function of repentance. Repentance precedes revival. People must be cut to their heart and turned from their ways. Then the apostles went out preaching. Mark chapter 6 verse 12. The apostles went around preaching the kingdom. Telling people to So they went out and preached that people should repent. What was their message? What was their message? What were they preaching? Some of you are not, because you see, you, you don't like to repent. Bring forth of repent, fruit of repentance by saying that people, 
What were they preaching? Some of you can't say anything. Tell somebody, it looks like this message was sent by God for you. Tell him, shake him, shake him. <laughs> I'm trying to draw your attention to the fact that I'm trying to draw your attention to the fact that there seems to be a positive direct correlation between salvation and repentance. You are not saved if you haven't repented. You are certainly not saved. There are two types of repentance. There is the repentance of contrition and repentance of attrition. I'll talk about it later. You are not saved if you haven't repented. Jesus, they went to preach. The apostles were preaching, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Luke chapter 3, verse 3, John the Baptist preached again. Luke 2 brings his version. John the Baptist preached repentance. Luke chapter 3, verse 8. John the Baptist, and Jesus was talking about how uh, it's the sick that needs the doctor. It's the, he came to call the... Um, Luke chapter says, bring forth, sorry, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. That's a very, I like this text very much. And do not begin to say, we have, uh, our, our church is powerful. My pastor preached, I know a lot in the Bible. No, no, please. Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Your church is powerful, but you are still living with that guy. Me, I'm very active in church, but you're still when people come from the nightclub, they come and meet you. Because they are spending time with you, wiggling waists and dancing all kinds of dance with you at the nightclub. And then they come and meet you in church in the hosting. Oh, our church is nice. I like our church. The music is nice. Please, please. So, so bring forth... Bring, uh, uh, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not be saying, Oh, Abraham is our father. <laughs> Abraham. You are boasting about things that really don't matter that much. Your, your works is what will tell whose son you are. Don't be telling Abraham is our father. If you are a genuine, very powerful person, member of this church who is feeding well the, word, the good word we are teaching here, let it show in your life. Bring forth fruit. Which worthy of this this fruit prove show that somebody has repented. Stop that FaceTime communication. You haven't repented. You you gone to mess up last week. And you are still en- encouraging and entertaining text messaging, WhatsApp messages, and you are saying me have changed. You haven't changed. You haven't changed. You are still doing the same thing that led to that problem. The only thing is that the problem hasn't come yet. But you are still doing the same thing. Nothing has changed. It's just that you don't want the problem. You are trying to manage to avoid the problem. But what led to the problem, it hasn't changed. If you, if you touched a puppet and you didn't know that this thing is red hot, even though it didn't look red. And it bends you so much that for eight months you couldn't use your arm. Um, and it hurts you. 
Listen, you won't even touch this acrylic thing. You, you, won't, once it's, you won't even come near it. it will, when you see, you pass, you walk away. You come near it. Yeah, you stay very far. Why? Because this thing has given you a, a severe change of mind. The change of mind has influenced where you go. How close you can go to some things. You are still watching some things, talking to some people, and doing some things and say, I've changed. You haven't changed. If you have changed, why do you still have bottles of alcohol in your kitchen? Stellatua. Is it Stellatua? Ray and nephew. And then tell me what again. I've said that already. You are talking. Siroc. Siroc. Covosier. Covosier. <laughs> red mattress and then um, black uh, the black label, red label, blue label. Vodka. Eh? Joy Daddy. Is that And listen, and your explanation is, is just for the, it's a very expensive thing. There's one, somebody, uh, one of our members here, the father gave me, one day I went to visit the father, and the, the father, no, the, he, he just appreciates me so much. That man I always will remember, he appreciates us, respects us. When he, he was so happy that I've just come to the house, and he wanted me to have something. So he went, a very special wine. Yeah, he has vintage where he has said, he went and brought it up. Pastor, please take this. Please take it. Please take it. Eh? <laughs> Somebody said for communion. <laughs> All right, let, let's get. You still have it in, on, on the shelf. I repented somebody who said, me, I don't do a call again. Me, I don't watch. Some. Why do you still have those, is it Playboy magazine? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's still in your attic. What are you doing? What are you? Listen, in the Bible, they, they were burnt. They, 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 listen, in the Bible, they burnt books. Acts chapter 19, verse 18 and 19. They, people who were practicing magic and other things, when they changed, they brought their books. They burnt them. Many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burnt them inside of all. You have to bring that alcohol bottle, smash it. Stellatua is troubling you. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to Challenge your claims of repentance. If you haven't repented, I'm not saying, just you can keep it, you can keep your boy, keep your girl, it's, it's, it's up to you. But if you have repented, why you say maybe you marry me? You, you are not serious. After all that he has subjected you to, so long as ungodliness is concerned. 
And this has been your biggest setback in your pursuit of God. This, this relationship has been your biggest setback. Now you've come to cry, Lord. Thank you. But you are texting and I won't do anything, but we are texting. You haven't repented. It's, or what you have is what we call repentance of attrition. You feel, it's like a child has gone to mess up and uh, how many of you have been caught before? You feel so bad. The badness is not because of what you did, but because you are caught. There are two different things. He will be crying. I didn't know how I allowed this to happen. I didn't know. I told him we shouldn't do it. I told her, no. She said, just come home. There's nobody at home. You're crying because when it was happening, they came and caught you. And everything, everything was on camera. So you are crying. Maybe that cry is genuine repentance or it's just attrition. So repentance of contrition or repentance of attrition. How do we know which is which? Afterwards, your fruits. So it's not a cry. It's not the remorse, not the regret. It's the fruits. Nobody will see you hanging around a woman like that again. Because of what this thing has affected you. You will say, me, I won't even embrace anybody. No, no. Then you shake their hands. Hello, sister. Then you move your hand. Because the, the guy has really repented. <laughs> because. Because. <laughs> because previously, when you see the sisters, when you see. Mm, hey! hey. <laughs> Your cheeks are not nice at all. <laughs> and so, you know, ladies, you know, sometimes some people can be in church. Uh, when they shake you, you feel a bit uncomfortable. There was a guy, he used to, when he met, he always wanted to hug, yes, a pa- hug Pastor Wood like this. <laughs> Years ago, one day he said, As for you, when I see you, then all the hairs on my skin get up. <laughs> no, I'm not lying, it's true. All my stories are true. And I told Pastor, oh, don't, don't mind him, it's just last week. It's just. <laughs> he's not a repentant man. So uh, you used to have people like that. You know, when we were in Bible school, one of, she was a friend of mine, one of our classmates. I used to talk to her a lot. She was always around me. One day after it was tea break, and this man was talking to her, and then we were all standing, and then the guy was doing this. I didn't even see it, but it was bad. Bible school. This man is a pastor. He was in the, his late, almost 50 or so. Um, and so, you know, we are in school. We respect people. They flip. I've told you. Don't be touching me like that. Every time you see me, you want to be playing with my hand. I've told you I don't like it. <laughs> oh, we were all having a chat. The place was quiet. <laughs> I believe the man may repent attrition. He, he won't even... Hello, how are you? Sister? <laughs> so if, you know, there are some guys... The way they treat, and guys here know there are some girls when she, she shakes your hands mm. and the way she use her eyebrows, mm. eyelash, eyelashes, mm. blink, blink to blow air on your, you feel, you feel, hey. 
Bible says, don't let her take you by her eyelids. Yeah. In Proverbs, she, the, she will look at you and roll her eyes. Suddenly, something strikes your heart. Zzzz. <laughs> Goosebumps. Don't, under, don't underestimate the power of the woman. Do not last after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. Why do you think they, put, uh, they paint the eyeshadow? Yeah, it's for allurement. <laughs> now, lashes, in that time, Bible, there was no lashes they used. Now they've added the lashes. Some of the eyebrows, when you see it, it's, it's like, I mean, a laser, laser, it was laser, laser design, stencil. <laughs> so some of, a certain guy was telling me, I feel very uncomfortable, comfortable about the way this lady is. When she sees me, she always wants to talk to me and, and she won't leave my hands and she's smiling and Pastor, I'm feeling I said, Don't mind. Yes, you see, but you know some guys who are you can tell that they are infatuated with you. At K group, they they're always looking at your face. <laughs> when they are taking picture, you are the very one. He always wants to stand right next to you, or she wants to, and when she stands next to you, she wants to be behind you slightly. <laughs> Is it not true? Is it not true? Now, but now, when the person repents, when the person repents, the, it begins to show in their behavior. It shows in their behavior. Some of you ladies haven't repented because these tight, tight things you have been wearing to display your body. You actually have not repented. You know it. If you have repented, I dare you bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Bring forth fruits worthy of... Everybody know that you have calves. It's okay. I need, to, I need to run up now. So, it says, bring forth, that's Luke. And in Luke chapter six, 15, verse 7, Jesus told a parable about how, um, verse, eight, verse 6, I think it's better, verse 6, he said, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep. So he's talking about the sheep, the shepherd who lost one sheep. He leaves the 99, goes to look, watch this, goes to look, leaves the 99, 100 sheep, leaves the 99, go and look for one, which is missing. When he finds it, break his home and calls for a party. Now look at the next verse, verse 7. I say to you, likewise, there will be more rejoicing, uh, joy in heaven over what? One sinner who does what? Repent. Sinners are supposed to repent. Sinners, what do sinners do? Repent. So when a sinner repents, you can't preach salvation and be mute about repentance. Repentance is the means to salvation. Yes, sir. Let me show you something. You will learn, this, is, this, this one you will learn something. According to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it talks about it, it, by whose blood we have been redeemed. Or in, him, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So, redemption, 
So long as, watch this, so long, ah, this is, this is it. So long as God is concerned, redemption comes to us through the blood of Jesus. Without the blood, we can't be redeemed. So, so long as God is concerned, the blood is what determines, if you have come under the blood, you are repented. You have repented. You have salvation. Sorry. If you come under the blood, you have salvation. You are redeemed. So long as human beings are concerned, you cannot be redeemed without repentance. So long as God is concerned, you cannot be redeemed without the blood. So how do you assess repentance? How do you make use of the blood? Sorry, assess redemption. How do you make use of the blood? Through repentance. So, so long as human beings are concerned, we need to repent to be saved. So long as God is concerned, we, the blood must be made available for us for our salvation. So God makes, his, the blood is what concerns him. But you can't access salvation outside of repentance. So he says, one sinner who repents brings a lot of joy in heaven. What are sinners supposed to do? Let's all say, sinners must repent. Tell someone, brother or sister, just in case you don't know. Tell the person, just in case you don't know. Mention them, say, brother, if you know the name, if it's better, mention. Just in case you don't know. Sinners are to repent. Wow. Verse 10, Jesus says the same thing about uh, when you read from verse 9, likewise I say there will be repentance, angel of heaven, uh, sorry, there will be joy in the presence of, uh, presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When sinner, a sinner repents, it brings joy. Luke chapter 16, verse 30. When uh, the Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man says, send Lazarus to go and talk to my brothers. He said, no, they have Abraham, they have uh, Moses and the prophets. But that's what Father Abraham said. He said, no, Father Abraham, if someone rises from the dead and goes, and he said, no, Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said, they are also sinning. But now I know that if you are sinning, you have to repent. So Jesus made it very clear. In fact, what is about the need of repentance or the need for repentance amongst men? One thing that he said, which was very interesting, they asked him a question that... Um, I think let's look at the question to help in Luke chapter 13. Everybody look who look who see what the Lord has done. Oh. After singing, repent. <laughs> yeah, we come for praise now, we come for, but we don't repent. We don't repent. Void of repentance. Void of repentance. You still leave church, and since you became born again, you've been gossiping and gossiping, and go- you haven't still changed. And today, after church, you, are get- you have already known what you are going to talk about. <laughs> Repent. Therefore, oh, sorry, uh, um, there, were, there were present at the season, verse 1, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate has mingled with their sacrifice. <laughs> they told, you know, Pilate was a bad man. These Galileans were in the worship center. They were doing sacrifices in the temple to God. And Pilate went and massacred all of them, mixed their blood with the. What, what, what have they done wrong? 
So how can God be quiet and looking at what this is, what's happening? How can God allow this? So they were asking Jesus, what do you think about this? You know his answer to them. Jesus said, do you not suppose that the, these Galileans were, uh, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the Galileans, or all other Galileans, because they suffered these things? It's not a sign that because these things are happening to them, they are worse than you. Somebody has got some sickness. The doctor said, hey, hey. meanwhile, you have done worse things than the person. So it's, that sickness is not because they are worse sinners. Look at the next verse. Let's all read verse 3 together. <laughs> you are asking me about them. It's you you should be thinking about. You are so concerned about that sister who after church is always with somebody. That brother who is doing this, who is doing this. Please, you live there. And you don't understand why God is still giving them job breakthrough. And you are asking those questions. Sister, you think you are better than them? You yourself, there's repentance you have to do. And unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Then, look at the next one, verse 4. Verse 4, then, all... Those 18, these are gentle people, quiet people. They're walking, pedestrian, they were dead, and the whole tower broke and killed all of them. They were asking Jesus, why? What, what did they do wrong? He said, so all those, those, uh, those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? And look at verse 5, the same thing. Let's read verse 5 together. Let's go. Realize that Jesus was always calling for repentance. Why are you looking for the blessing of God without any repentance? Wow. It's important. John the Baptist spoke about repentance. Jesus spoke about repentance. The apostles went and preached about repentance. Now, Peter, the first message he preached. He preached powerfully, Acts chapter 2. When he preached, Bible says in verse 37, they were cut to the heart and they were said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter, verse 38. Let's all read verse 38 together. And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. So Peter started by saying, repent. Do you see that? Repent. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. He said, repent for the time of refreshing, Acts 3.19, repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Your sins can't be blotted out if you haven't repented. You are confessing your sins, but you are not repenting. Repenting, it cannot be blotted out. The sin is still on you. Maybe that's why it's blocking something that is supposed to happen for you. It hasn't happened. Because you are trying to say, oh God, this thing I did, forgive me. You are confessing, but you haven't repented. No, you shouldn't just confess. You should repent. Jesus said, Paul, Peter said, repent therefore and be converted for the remission of sins. Repentance is necessary. Repentance is necessary. There's, uh, there are a few ones, but I think because of time, uh, I will leave it. Chapter 11, verse 18 is there. It talks about how the sinners have... I think that's a good one. It talks about how the sinners... Who are we to stop God from giving them the Holy Spirit if they have repented? You know, it says that 
when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, then God also, uh, God has also granted the Gentiles repentance unto life. Because they were querying Peter, them, why do you go to Gentiles' house and pray for them to receive Holy Spirit? And Peter was saying, it's not me. I had a revelation that they are looking for me. When I, go, I woke up, Cornelius has sent somebody, they're waiting for me in my house. And so I went with them. They are Gentiles. I'm not supposed to do, go there. But I saw a vision. God told me, go. So I went to the house. And when, whilst I was speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon them. How can I stop the Holy Spirit from coming on people? Yeah. That's what, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave to us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand, withstand God? I didn't give them the Holy Spirit. God gave them. So I was preaching. I was just preaching. Holy Ghost came upon them. Oh, if God has given to them, how can I say, no, no, you are gentle. You can't have Holy Ghost. No, no, you are the guy immigrant. Holy Ghost, you can't have a Holy Ghost. Oh, who am I? So when they heard these things, verse 18 said, when they heard these things, they became silent. Then they glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance. Did you see that? Repentance to lie. The, the, the root is repentance. So what was happening was a sign that these guys have repented. Repentance to life. The root to the place. I can pray for you and cajole and, and scream and cajole. Or it, it, it's, it doesn't mean some things will happen for you. Because there is an unrepent, there's a heart of unrepentance or unrepentant heart. And you just haven't changed, but you, you really need help from God. So you want us to pray for that job to come through. You want us to pray that you won't get pregnant. <laughs> well, well, why? 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 Repent. And Abina, you know what is strange about some people? It does not matter. I've, I've begun to understand that some people, it's likely they are not saved. They will go to hell. They can be in church. But the word of God doesn't mean anything to them. You can preach from uh, brimstones and fire. Preach anything. Teach it. Explain it. They will look at you. When they finish, they are going to continue what they were doing before they came. No, they, they don't intend to... Oh, what are you? you they know, you know, it's, when we are in church, you are supposed to say something. So finish saying it and let's just, just go. Because you can't change my mind. That girl, I will never talk to her. Preach whatever, me, I won't talk to her. Preach whatever, this guy, I will never say hello to him. I don't care what you say. Preach whatever, that guy, me, I won't leave him. I'm staying in his life. <laughs> I will stay there. In fact, we have planned to go on holidays. We are going. It doesn't matter what you preach. I know, as for you, when pastor, as for pastor, he will just be saying, no, 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 you allow him to say it. But it doesn't mean it will change anything. There are people here who have spoken about all kinds of uh, lifestyles, uh, behaviors, especially those nightclub. No, some people are just coming to church. They are now getting born again. <laughs> But others are deep, always regular in church. But they'll go to nightclub and go and mess up and go and do things, wear all kinds of stuff, display it on Instagram, display it, and then they'll come. And I have said everything I could, they won't change. 
And I'm beginning to conclude that either they are Jezebels or they are going to hell or something. God said, I gave Jezebel time to change to repent. And it's in Revelation chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. I gave her time to repent, but she didn't repent. I gave her time. That, let me jump into Revelation. All the five churches or seven churches in Revelation, five of them had something Jesus said, I have this, I'm not happy with you. All the five, Jesus said, repent. Repent. Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, Jesus said, repent. I think chapter 2, Revelation 2, 5. He said, repent. Revelation 2, 5. Remember where you are falling from. Repent and do the first works. He, they were called to Repent. Church of Pergamos, Revelation 2.16. He said, repent. Repent or else I'll come quickly and, uh, and fight against you with a sword. You, repent. These are churches. These are not individual. There are times where a whole church must repent. Repent. The whole, we must all repent. You hear this, that we have Holy Ghost meetings, power meetings, prosperity meetings, but no repentance meetings. Wow. The whole church said, Repent. <laughs> Verse 21, church of Titeria. They say, repent. It's clearly there. Repent. Repent. I gave her time to repent of a sexual man, and she did not repent. Verse 22, it's there again. Indeed, I'll cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her in a great tribulation, unless they repent. Church of Sardis, chapter 3, I think, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 3, it says you to repent. Remember, therefore, how you have, re- uh, uh, how you have received and heard. Uh, yeah, therefore, hold fast, therefore, uh, hold fast and repent. The church of Sardis, they said they should repent. And then the church that has kicked Jesus out, out and Jesus was standing behind the door. Before he standing behind the door, verse 19 of chapter 3, he said, I, I'm, I'm coming. Before and he said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Look at the next verse. I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Oh, if anyone can just hear my voice from inside. Because now they all kick me out. So I, I just want one person. Hear my voice. <laughs> Tell somebody, repent. Repentance is a necessary aspect of Christian work. You can't be a Christian outside or in spite of unrepentance. Oh, yes, I, I can't repent. That, me, there's nothing in my life to repent. Uh, remember those of Saloham, on whom the tower fell. <laughs> he said, unless you repent, you, you will likewise perish. In other words, if you don't repent, I, there's no way I can help you. You have a responsibility. Don't say God understands this kind of pornography thing I'm doing. God understands. He knows but me, I will stop one day. <laughs> uh, if there's a brother sitting here, you shake your head, tell the person, repent. <laughs> let me conclude by let me let me conclude by showing you this. There is true repentance and there is fake repentance. Okay. Some people There are people who even think they have repented, but they haven't. What are the signs, the marks of true repentance, genuine repentance? The marks. Number one, 
Number one mark of genuine repentance is remorse or sorrow. Sorrow. It's called godly sorrow. You feel so sorry about this thing. You feel so bad. How many of you have done something you feel bad about it before? That's the beginning of repentance. It doesn't mean you have repented. But if there's repentance, if there any time there's genuine repentance, you can see sorrow. Someone has done something, they cast the person in prison, he said, seven years imprisonment, go. So oh, please, 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 I, I'm sorry. No, it's not because he's sorry. It's just doesn't like the prison sentence, the consequences. But if, watch this, if there were no consequences, he would still continue. If consequences are not going to come, will you still continue what you are doing? If she hasn't found out that you were with him, you were with her man. And that has brought a lot of family confusion. And now you are sad that why would I even allow this to come? No. Are you sorry because you were caught? Or you would have actually, even if you were caught, you were not caught. You, and now, sometimes without pro- trouble, what makes people repent is the word of God. Most of us, some of the remorse is just trouble, trouble generated. So it's remorse, it's not repentance. But when the word of God comes and cuts your heart, and you are genuine for God, there's a place in, his, in your heart for his word. Suddenly you, re, you react to the word. Bible says that God, what God likes, he doesn't, he's not looking for sacrifices, but he, he is looking for contrite spirits. Psalm 51 verse 17. A broken heart and a contrite spirit. A contrite spirit is a spirit that is so sorry about what I have done. I, 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 God, I feel so sorry about it. But sacrifices, the, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit and a broken, uh, so a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. So we have the repentance of contrition, contrite. Okay. It's a repentance that comes with genuine sorrow. And the other one is repentance of attrition. The attrition, repentance of attrition is the one that doesn't come with sorrow. We really... Maybe should you have done that? Okay, you know, you don't feel sorry about it. If you are, you went to do it and you didn't feel sorry about it, you can't repent. Uh, is somebody getting what I'm? Am I teaching something? He started by saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand." Maybe that biggest breakthrough that is about to happen in your family is at hand. But you have to repent first. The way you are treating your husband, repent. You know what you are doing. The way you are treating your wife, repent. Repent. The way you are treating that woman, repent. Repent. You have been lying to her and saving, keeping some money away and telling her, repent. 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 It is sitting on your blessing, but you don't know. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, therefore. Other than that, other than that, you can't enter. You can't enter. Well, kingdom of God, the Greek word is basileia. The rulers, now God is now coming to take over and be in control. It's like terrorists have taken over a certain building and finally our ISIS has been rooted out and now the government is taking control. People are free now. But God can't take control if you don't repent. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, 9, 10, it talks about godly sorrow. 
It says that for godly sorrow produces. Let's start from verse 9. Now I rejoice, I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. Pastor, in fact, you know, I know some of the things, the way I went and fought with my um, boss, it wasn't good for a Christian to do. I feel sorry about it, but I didn't expect you to. You know, when you were preaching, you said there's somebody here some time ago, he went to fight with a boss. Pastor, I don't like those things. It's because you have not repented. <laughs> you have not repented. Yeah. They invited you to the house, you went to mess up. If you have repented, you beg, Pastor, can you use this, my story as, if maybe you can mention me, I don't mind. Or you can. <laughs> use it as an example and warn the other brothers and the sisters. So every time, Pastor, when you are preaching, use my story as an example. Because what has happened to me, I hate it so bad. I want everybody to know that this thing, if you go down that way, the way, reason why you have been quiet about your message, which you claim you have repented about, and you are not, you are not changing, it doesn't show any change in your approach. You are not warning anybody. You are not talking about it because you have actually not repented fully. Not repented. That's why you still want to keep things very quiet. You would be the one to scream from the housetop. Watch it! There is, there is a sharp cave. Slow down! Slow down! It's dangerous! I lost my, all my cars there. Please don't speed! Please! You will be the one advocating. be the one. And when the police have put a picture of a car that has crashed, you are not taking them to court because they use your picture. Meanwhile, you say you don't want people to die. <laughs> People's cars. <laughs> Repentance. Someone scream, repent. Now, so repentance, genuine repentance comes with sorrow. I didn't finish it. Okay, let's finish. For he said, what he's trying to say is, I'm happy. The pastor said, I'm very happy. Not that you were very sad, but that this sadness has made you repent. That's why sometimes I speak about the, some things the way I speak. Yesterday when I was teaching at the Caris on campus, I said something that, you know, when you think about it, British-wise, it's not nice to say. But some of the things I say them on purpose. I said, shoo, look at the way friends are destroying your life. I'm talking to university students and college students. Friends are destroying your life. And you, you are following gangs. How can you be part of a gang? You are stupid. You are stupid. If you are part of a gang, I can't advise them, but sometimes you have to confront it. I was doing it on purpose. Stupid, not because the person, but I want the person to begin to feel very bad about this thing. You spit on your wife? No. I may not be able to come and argue with you, the wife. No, I can't do that. But I have to teach it so bad that next time, just in case you become a Chinese wind, you'll be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, I'm not sorry because he said, I rejoice, not because you are down, but I rejoice because this down that you have been, you won't go there again. It has produced repentance. That means repentance, the Greek word is metanoia, metanoia, metanoia. It's to 
to change your mind and change your direction, it has it's two ways. Okay, if I'm going here and my problem every time I want to go to the drum, I end up falling. I keep falling, and that's the sin. Now, if I want to go to the drum, I don't have to. Repentance means I won't go this way. I'll go this way. Go over there. Go over there. It's been longer, but at least I've repented. I've changed my direction. So you change your direction towards another direction. So, excuse me, before I just finish this thing, repentance has two ways. Number one, the positive, the negative aspect of repentance. The negative aspect of repentance is to, is to stay away, turn away from sin and wrongdoing. That's the negative aspect. Something, you are dealing with something. Turn away from something. That's the negative aspect of re- repentance, the negative part of it, which is necessary. Okay, it's in two ways, negative and positive. The negative is to turn away, not only sin and wrongdoing, but watch this, worldliness and its corruption. So most of us are only thinking of what I'm doing. But worldliness, turn away from worldliness. This Christmas, turn away from worldliness. Every Christmas you get drunk. <laughs> I actually, I don't understand why people should be in church and be smoking. Is it split or spliff? <laughs> you are. <laughs> hey, stop it. Stop it. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? And those of you who have been smoking weed, you don't know it's affecting your brains. I know it. Because I can tell that you are not well coordinated. I can tell you. You don't know. I'm telling you, I dare to tell you. Those of you who smoke weed, you are, you are not well coordinated. You are not okay. In your mind, you are not okay. You think you're okay, but you are not okay. You, you, know, you know sometimes when you are walking, sometimes you can get slightly dizzy. But you still walk. People don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> you are not okay. You are not okay. Oh, I mean, that's why you are so dumb intellectually. You can't. You, are, you struggle to pass every exam. You have you have bent the cells in your brains. Repent. When we close, go and throw all those toys away. Hey. To, it's a sad, or bring them. Let's burn them. Pastor Frank will burn them. Bring it to Pastor Frank. <laughs> <laughs> bring them. How can you tell me you have repented and yet because that thing was presented to you by somebody, it's a lot of, it's very expensive. That toy, that toy is... It's about thousand pounds. So you have still kept it somewhere nice. Go and remove that alcohol in your house. <laughs> and you are saying, oh, this is very special. It has some sentimental values. You haven't repented. That's why it still has sentimental value. That's why pictures of you and him, or him and you, or you and her, or her and you, that's why those pictures are still reserved somewhere. Every now and then you check it. Delete those text messages. Delete their text messages. Delete them. Let's show that you have repented. Delete their text messages. Let's know you are repented. Because every now and then in your dumb moment, you just go and check and you go and check. The one in your iCloud. Yeah. 
permanently delete it. Block his number. You do, he has not got anything to tell you. He's not going to give you a job. Block his number. Block her number. You are not repented. And you are bullying us with... Pastor, you know I love you. You are lying. You haven't repented. You haven't... I dare you to bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Bring forth. It's not me. Jesus said, bring it forth. Bring, let's see your fruits. Let's see your fruits. Let's see your fruits. You have That's why you still... Anytime you're, you're about to get tight or things are going to... You will lie your way out. You haven't repented. And you say, oh, lie is my personal weakness. You have... <laughs> Hey, man, I'm preaching. Oh, so yes. So not only sin and wrongdoing, you don't turn away only from sin, but so the negative aspect is sin and wrongdoing and worldliness and its corruption. But the positive aspect is you turn towards God. You turn towards God. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 21. Oh, man. Acts 20, 21. He says that testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards us. Repentance, it must be, it was moving you. Stay away, turn away from your godless or God-denying lifestyle. God-neglecting approach. God, God ignoring pursuits. You are pursuing things and God is not in, the, in, in line. God is not in view. This one is not, you know, you don't care whether God likes you. How can you be in a relationship and you don't care whether this one glorifies God or not? Repent. Repentance means that you turn away from that thing that does not glorify God towards God. Acts chapter 26 verse 20 is repentance towards two. It says, actually, but declare first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the regions of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God. So repentance is not just turning away from something. The positive is you have to turn towards God. You are doing more church now. You are reading more your Bible. You are praying. When you come to church and you are praying, you are not walking around. I was telling somebody today, I just don't understand when people are in church and they are, they are sending text messages. I, I, just, I just don't understand it. Your phone, you know, is on. That's for the people who even pick phone calls in church. And Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you are on coof. <laughs> Repent. When you come to church, switch off your phone. Unless... For certain important reason, because nowadays sometimes once in a while some people will be some of you when you record you don't even do anything. Bring forth repentance, fruits that show that you are recording the messages you are doing. Unless you are you are an agent. Yes, some people come and they record us with malicious intentions. Others too they want to go and listen to, but bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. I'm begging you. I'm just talking to only Christians. An unbeliever, if you are not a Christian, repent because you go to hell. All right, let me finish this before people uh, go to bed because the way he has duvet and everything with him. 
<laughs> Someone scream repent. repent. So I said repentance is remorse. Sorry, sorrow. You feel sorry. Genuine repentance comes with sorrow. Number two, genuine repentance will, will make you hate that sin. If you are really repented, you hate that sin. You actually do, you hate it. That's where you become an advocate against that sin. And number three. So, sorrow, hatred for the sin. And number three, you reject the sin. You stay away from it. You forsake the sin. So that shows that you have. But you have not forsaken the sin. It's still with you. And every now and then, you know, it's my personal challenge. So I'll be okay. You haven't forsaken the sin. You have not repented. That's why, that's what is keeping the kingdom of God or keeping you from entering the kingdom of God. In other words, enjoying the rulership of God. We have, a, a, a whole year is about to end. When again are you going to repent? I was thinking, do I preach a Christmas message? But I'm thinking that no, people can't go forward without having not repented. Because next year is going to be a year of sacrifice. God showed me, it is the next, we are about to move into a next stage. It will take sacrifice, uh, purity, and prayer. The next move, someone must repent. You are, you, we must all, every now and then, repent. You enter the kingdom, you, enter, you become a Christian through repentance, and then now when you are, every now and then, the positive one, turn away from things more towards God. Bring God in view. Plan with God's purpose for your life in view. So that God will receive glory concerning your life. So as whatever you are doing, you are aiming at the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. So I don't say I've, I've, I've stopped my sins and other things. But you haven't turned towards God. You are looking for a job in spite of your church service. Your church activity. You don't, I need a job. As for church, you know, church is always there. You haven't repented towards God. Because it's towards God. You begin, God becomes your focus of pursuit. Amen. The way some of you are looking at me, I can tell you are not happy with me at all. And so, may I kindly uh, attempt to apologize even though I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. The point here is repentance is a necessary thing for every Christian to see progress in your Christian work. So repent for the kingdom, kingdom of God is at hand in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, Please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.